Wow, that was a long time to wait to talk. Yep, here's your butt numb sitting in that chair for a week. It's almost Black Panther movie seat numb. <laughs> it's almost varsity theater <laughs> painful. Yeah, almost. So welcome back to Nerd Stocking. I'm Bill, and with me is who are you? What's uh, your uh, avatar's name? Chadius. You're Chadius from, from the Roman section of Oasis. That's right. It's kind of like Westworld. Westworld, that was it. That's, you <laughs> yeah. know. This is the 2018 version of Westworld. You can't have robots, but you can have avatars, right? You can have digital representations of people. So I guess that's a closer thing to reach. Although I just watched a, a, a thing, a little video, and it was like a guy, <clears throat> and he's just making sex bots. Okay. Because he says within 10 years, 20% 20, 20 of households will have one. A sex bot. Sex bot, yeah. Nice. And then 200 years after that, humans won't exist anymore. <laughs> we will have become extinct. And then the, there's a movie, and there's the one, there's a, there's a couple of people, and they have to be convinced to actually have sex with each other. Right. And not, you know, <laughs> a robot. That sounds like a better idea than the movie we're talking about. This is actually part two of our discussion of Ready Player One. It's it's Steven Spielberg's look into the rearview mirror. So sadly, it it really was not a very good last Starfighter film. No, it wasn't. Or yeah. nor was it a very good sequel to Tron. There was no uh, Dan O'Hurley as Grig. The world wasn't changed. Uh, but you didn't you didn't see in your list of uh, pop culture references. Grig wasn't in there. Alex Rogan wasn't in there from Last Starfighter. Where's the Starsky and Hutch? Uh, oh, Ford? Right. That wasn't yeah. in there, and that would look great because everything is so bland looking. I, I guess mean, you can't do the General Lee these days <laughs> with the yeah. Confederate flag on the roof. See, but then they could have done that. They could have thrown the, the a '68 Charger, orange '68 Charger, and put like something different on top, yeah. which would have been like funny. The, put the Pride flag on. Exactly. The it would have been, you know. <laughs> It would have been just, you know, a little that, bit of cleverness. That's another way Spielberg could have gone was he could have subverted all this. But of course, no. that's not what he's doing. No. Way too interesting. Too risky. Yeah. Oh, look, too risky for a 70-year-old filmmaker. Three Hello Kitties walking along. That's it. Hello Kitty. And Battletoads. And Battletoads. Yeah, there's a sex thing you don't want to say. Battletoads <laughs> and Hello Kitty. <laughs> and tear them apart, man. It's a little group, a little group group. So you had something to say, Chad? I had, you know, like this movie because it didn't have a lot of uh, original ideas, and it was really from the first minute of the film, yep. you know exactly what's going to happen in the last minute of the film. Yeah, there was not not one surprise. You you were thinking maybe he didn't get the egg. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like a Rocky, <laughs> like where he loses but he you wins. Know, but they named him Parzival. And Parzival is, you know, the mythical character who searches for the Holy Grail. and Mythical, you say? And finds it. That's not a historically accurate story? Uh, well, Hitler thought so. Oh, yeah? So. He went after the Ark? Oh, he was, he, he went after the Ark. He went after the Grail. There was a he whole. He wanted the Spear of Destiny too, right? That's right. Which is also mentioned in the Parzival story. That's yeah. actually more important to the story than the, the, the Holy Grail, which was actually a platter, not a cup, not a chalice. Right. But it's like, yeah, the Nazis. So it's the holy platter. <laughs> That's right. He just wanted something to put his cookies on and his milk, glass of milk. You got to kind of balance it right so you can hold all of Jesus's blood in it without. <laughs> it's the holy TV stand. <laughs> you put on your knees and eat. You watch TV. I guess you're not watching TV back then. You're watching, I don't know, crucifixions or the the lions in the pit with the Christians. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh well, no, the Nazis had they had rooms designed. 
to be like the Parsifal story. And well, that's interesting. Oh, yeah, they were obsessed with the occult. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's like you name the character Parsifal and he's got to find an Easter egg and you know he's going to find it. Yeah. So it's like, much. hey, let's just run around, shoot guns, smash cars, have be attacked by giant gorillas and robots and yeah. mecha Godzillas and <laughs> yeah, mecha Godzilla. You know, which was awesome. Yeah. My son was like, he's turning into mecha Godzilla. I'm like, <laughs> it looks like he goes, that's mecha Godzilla. <laughs> and then he turned into mecha Godzilla and he was like, it's mecha Godzilla. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and you know, in the Parsifal story, it's his uh, humility. That saves the day. It's how he finds the 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 holy grail. Right. It's it's his his uh, goodness. It's his love. It's all these things. That's what gets him there, and that's what gets this character there too. We spoke of uh, the holy hand grenade in uh, part one of this talk, and uh, wasn't it was it Sir Galahad who was the chaste in uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail? I don't know if I've ever seen. They would go holy to grail. the. I'm sorry okay. to say. Okay. I, I did watch this okay. one. Uh, vi- <laughs> I did watch your hold video. On, hold on. Hold on. I got vertigo from that statement. I've I'm watched dizzy. your video, so I haven't not seen it all. <laughs> well, that is the best part. <laughs> but I, as a kid, all, everybody used to talk about, oh, it's just a flesh wound. Yeah. So I know that so like many, I saw it, but I, so I, I, I never Oh my saw. God, Chad. I've seen, okay. I've seen the meaning of life. I like that one. Yeah, well, it's, it's good. I may have even seen Life of Brian. I'm not sure. I'm still trying to. I'm just. <laughs> I'm just wondering right now if Nerd Stocky is going to continue, Chad. Well, I have to. I have to, I have to I'm. I'm. I'm reevaluating my priorities here. But yeah, in this one, it was like, it was also the solution. He was given the contract by the avatar of. Uh, the wizard, the wizard avatar. Yeah. And the weird thing was that when he was given the contract, says here, so you win, you win, yeah. Yeah. sign here. I wasn't that excited. Like Mark Rylance, who played that guy, he was the giant in BFG. He was in Bridge of Spies. Yeah. We were talking about when we were doing talking about Black Lightning. We were talking about James Remar being a terrible actor. Mark Rylance is literally the worst <laughs> actor working in film these days. The only way they can make him work. Is if they have a character like in BFG or a character in Ready Player One where he is a stunted, socially inept, stuttering, stumbling fool. And that's only that's the only role he can play right. And I'm guessing because he is a stunted, stumble, <laughs> stuttering fool in real life. Because he is terrible. Well, you know. Terrible. Who's the guy? The Remar? Remar? James Remar. James Remar. He, uh, it's, is it really like... As I'm continuing to watch a show that is pretty entertaining, he is just so detestable. So he doesn't improve in the episodes? Well, a little bit. Okay. He loosens up a little bit? Well, I don't want to, and I won't give it away. He's a woman! No. He unzips. No, the, I'm watching, I'm watching, um... A real breath of fresh air in Downton Abbey. <laughs> Again, he's obsessed, man. I'm obsessed. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm in season yeah. four now, man. I just like, I can't get inter- enough. We have to have intervention. <laughs> it's so good. Chad, put down the tea. Put, put down your tea. Put down the cup of tea. Put Take down. off your bowler hat. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yes, my lady. But put down the scone, Chad. It's so, it's put so, down the scone. It's so fucking good. But there's one guy who plays the doctor in the town. Yep. And he is the English James Remar. He's so terrible. And, and you have all these amazing actors and you have him coming. Well, I don't know if that is the thing to do. And his, he's got 
he, he's like a, a vacuum of personality. He enters every a scene and all the other actors get worse. It's like they, he's sucking the life force out like, of them. <laughs> the know? acting force. In the room, the, the wallpaper peels a little bit. Yeah, you the know? lights dim. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. And I don't know, you know, like stuffy is not the issue. You can have stuffy and you can have even yeah. real flat. You yeah. can have a total straight man. Of course, yeah. It's English, so you can get away with that. But even with the James Remar character, like if you want the character to be flat yeah. and real, the, the total. Yeah, no, like no nonsense, right? He's a guy who's going to help you, right? You're doing this crazy adventures. He's the center. He's like Q. Yeah. Q yeah. is a very flat. When Q... Uh, Llewellyn, uh, whatever his name was, the actual Q from, you know, the uh, Roger, well, Roger Moore and um, Sean Connery days. Mm -hmm. He was annoyed. He gave a no nonsense. He was like, I never joke about my work, 007. So you can have a guy like that. No nonsense, you know, by the book. And that's great. You see that there's, he's annoyed by this agent who takes his equipment out and ruins it. But he doesn't understand that in the field things happen, right? And you get that relationship and you see it between the two people. But some actors, you're just, it bounces off them. You're, you can't play off them. It just, it's just, they're a fourth field that just well, repels he makes, any kind of connection you're making in the scene between two actors playing two parts. He There's makes no connection. He makes data from Star Trek or The data, Next Generation yeah. right, seem like Krusty the Clown. Or Spock. Like, total enemies. Like, he, James Remar makes them look exciting. <laughs> Yeah, and like you said, it's not that they're playing like your Spock, emotionless. Yeah. Although, yeah, you have emotion, but it's suppressed. There's intensity So you're equal, there. emotionless. There's something there. You can tell that he's fighting with something. But there's some people that just, there is nothing there. Yeah. They're reading their lines. They're the actor, paid. They come in. They have their coffee. They eat a strudel. They get in front of the camera. It runs. They read their lines. And then they leave and you yeah. see that process. You don't go into the character. You just see James Remar showing up on set and they point the lights at him. Oh yeah. So he's a scientist. He's a <laughs> secret agent. He's a spy. He's, he's a tailor. He's like James Bond. <laughs> and he comes around. <laughs> it's like shaken and not stirred. Well, it's like, please it's pussy, like pussy galore. <laughs> it's like Mark Rylance and ready player one. Hello. <laughs> If you're seeing this, <laughs> I am dead. There in the middle of the oasis is an Easter egg, which if you find it, you will get complete control of the oasis. <laughs> like that is his performance. <laughs> that is it. It's <sighs> there's nothing there. Yep. Nothing. I, you know, I didn't mind him. I didn't mind him that much. He he came Just, off again in the character. Yeah, you have to have a this hapless. He has to be well, a hapless he, character. He kind of reminded me of a Dumbledore. There was a wiseness, and that yeah. was the kind of approach where he was like, because he's old, and and then they had. The, I didn't get any of that. And then there was the supernatural element. Even as uh, the Avatar, do you want this key or not? Yeah, here <laughs> is the key. And, and it's like, well, he's getting smashed around. He's like, he can't grab. And then that was like, that was so fucking irritating What's when, that? when, when oh. the van kept hitting the van and you go to put the key yeah. in the slot. Oh, I missed. Yeah. And you know what, oh, I you missed. know what Spielberg's really clever comment on that is all the crowds going, put the fucking key in the fucking <laughs> lock. How hard is it? 
He's make yeah. This is my clever thing. I'm gonna make this really annoying, drawn out sequence, and I'll have the crowd yell about how fucking stupid yeah. it is. And the crowd sitting in the real theater watching the film will realize how fucking annoying this is. I'm guessing it's two and a half minutes. It was two and a half minutes of film as he's trying to put a key in. And it's like it's like Andy Kaufman fucking with your TV so that you get a <laughs> you start hitting your yeah. TV trying to get it to work, you know. And it's like no, that's just stupid. You're just pissing me off. Yeah, but he's making a comment with his characters in the film about how he's pissing you off. Isn't that clever, Chad? <laughs> yeah, it's, it is so clever. Or it's just another layer of fucking annoyance. <laughs> it was just like. And then the spiritual, back to Parsifal again, right? Yes. Like you have this spiritual element. Is the discovery, Parsifal's discovery of the Holy Grail is that it's not about adventure. It's about love. Right. It's about love. It's about attainment of, attaining spirituality and some sort of spiritual growth. And in right. this film, he finds love. It's about love. Uh, friends love. Partners love. There's a love element. And then yeah. to throw spirituality into this, there at the end... And here's the big spoiler of the show. So if you haven't seen it, you don't want to know the okay. lame ending. Yeah. For real. People. Just mute it for 30 seconds. So he he's he's like, oh, oh, the egg is around here somewhere. And he's like opening, <laughs> <laughs> opening fucking drawers oh God. and shit. Oh, my God. And it was kind of amusing in a, in a stupid, bumbling oh way. Yeah. And, you know, and then, oh, here it is. And he pulls out this giant, you know, it's like twice this the size giant, of an ostrich egg. It's like you know, about 6,000 lux, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Super bright. And it's like, yeah, if it was under the desk like you found it, <laughs> I think the light would have shone a little bit. But but then then the main character, then Parsifal says, Mr. Halliday. Mr. Halliday says, yes. <laughs> and he yes, goes, what is you're, it? You're... You're not an avatar, are you? No. No, I am not. I am not an avatar. <laughs> and he goes, is is Halliday really dead? And Halliday's like, yes. <laughs> and then it's like, what are you? And then it's like that that Santa Claus cute little wink or twinkle in his eye, and then out the door he goes. And it's yeah. like, okay, so is he in the Matrix? Like, have you, so is that what is that what you're saying? Like, he's the embodiment of. Do you hear that? That's I think the ghost of Halliday. Uh, hello, <laughs> you're talking about me in this film. Hello, I'm haunting your upstairs washroom. <laughs> In my wooden wheelchair. Um, but it's like, so is that it? It's like, like that's the spiritual element where putting all this stuff aside, there's the magic of it all. The right. magic is that he is in, like Tron, he is in the game. Yeah. So there's the Tron reference. So there's, I, I don't understand what that was supposed to mean. If he was supposed to be the spirit of him, he's the ghost in the machine. I guess that's probably it. He's the ghost in the machine. He's like, I don't know, maybe he's got his whole intellect uploaded into the um, oasis i wonder I if that was matrix but. i wonder if that was in the book because that's the kind of thing that spielberg does he did that with ai that's that's his shit that's his jam yeah they did about four episodes of that in the original series it's done all the time in science fiction yeah. like endlessly right yeah. oh the the beings that are millions of years old who you know millennia ago they they got rid of their 
organic bodies. They don't need them anymore. They've yeah. evolved. They were enlightened. Isn't that what Q is? Yeah, he's some omnipotent. They're the gods. Creature. They are the gods. Um, you were t- talked previously, maybe in part one, about uh, how what uh, Wade does once he takes over the uh, Oasis with his friends is they decree that the Oasis will be off on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't know. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way because it's almost Because it should have been Saturdays and Sundays. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's an admission that video games are the problem, right? In a movie that just spent uh, two hours just reveling in not even just video games, but in pop culture. And here's, you're obsessed with this. You're obsessed with Voltron and you're, you know, and Godzilla and King Kong and every video game reference. Yeah, the last challenge is the Atari 2600. Yeah. So... You know, you're reveling in this, but then at the end, you're, you're saying you're this moral lesson that, oh, you should get out and play. Yeah, like, well, what was there was something I can't ring, I can't, it's resonating somewhere in my empty head, but it's it's of, a, of just pulling the plug and all the people have to walk out. What was what movie was that? Maybe it was I'm like, sure. the, sort of the way that like Logan's run ended, where, right. I, where it was proved that they were just being murdered at 30, <laughs> you know? And yeah. then they're they're oh my god there's an old person and they go up and they start touching his wrinkles and shit right yeah. and, and it's weird yeah and this is sort of what this could have been is just pull the plug well there's a scene where he sets off this bomb and everybody that was on the planet uh, loses everything loses the connection and they're all like they're like zombies it's almost the way they're all driving through the van through the streets and everyone's just dazed yeah. they look like zombies right that was one thing i did like is that uh the irock guy yeah <laughs> you know it's jt miller yeah he's great yeah. but he loses his arm and he's just like spilling <laughs> trying coins to hold, trying to hold them well if she says when the guy's gonna set off the sorrento's going kind of crazy he's gonna trip the bomb and goes you know that's gonna kill everybody right i got way too much money invested I, I in got all like, my shit i got, got in here 10 years worth of shit in here <laughs> And then at the end, you see it like it just yeah, everything, everything falls. The shield and the sword and everything falls in a pile. Right, that was kind of funny. Um, there was uh, the 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 that force field thing that he brought yeah, in. Yeah, the spell or whatever was. You know, did you recognize the uh, the the case that it was in? No, it's the basket from Gremlins. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> it was one of the Easter eggs. I thought that was funny. There was also a gremlin in it. Oh, okay. Gremlin Mogwai or whatever. No, no, like or the Gremlin, the evil Gremlin. Yeah, like right. Stripe or someone like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there was a Mogwai, but there was a Gremlin. Do you find it kind of a strange coincidence that the High Five, uh, Percival, Artemis, H, uh, <laughs> and and the rest is that it? like <laughs> and the other two guys, <laughs> the Professor and Marianne, yeah, exactly. That they're all f- in Columbus. And yeah, they well, they all just they're all there. The location. Even though they do a thing like it could be anywhere, it could be any person around the world. Nope, they're all five. Right well, there. in all fairness, they were traveling and they both had stopovers there, and they just you know thought they'd pop in and say hi to people they didn't know, okay. uh, connected to other people that they didn't know because nobody knew Artemis. Artemis was part of a her own gang, and nobody knew her. She it was bullshit. It's just all bullshit. <laughs> And you know what? They were all a little too altruistic. They the, the fact that they were all working together. Yeah. And there was none of them. There was no backstabbing. Even even Iraq was ultimately a pretty good guy. Like he didn't really do anything that bad. He was looking out for himself, but there was no backstabbing. There was no double dealing. There was none of that. Right. And it made again, there was no drama. Yeah. 
point A to point B. No, nothing really surprising or unusual. Or it was so Thor too. Yeah, the Dark World. Optimus Prime was in it. Really, was he? Yeah, he was in there. I he didn't see he that was one. in a running thing. Uh, he was running, running. Uh, it, like what they all do, they all run equally at the same speed. Yeah. Nobody runs particularly fast because there are no skills attached to the avatar. <laughs> they just run. Yeah. Um, like one of the other things I loved was the Artemis with the alien chest thing. Oh, the, yeah. the alien, the, the alien monster coming out of the chest. That was great. <laughs> I thought that was funny and cute. It's wearing a uh, mitt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. I was kind of thinking of Steven Spielberg. You know, I used to think if someone asked me when I was going to film school, someone asked me, who's your favorite director? I'd say Steven Spielberg, but I wouldn't say that these days because uh, that like Jaws, you know, I may be Close Encounters, but even Close Encounters is meandering and unfocused. And, you you know, know, that movie it has this long ending at the end. It's just fucking. See, that's the other movie fest. that. Stranger Things, ET, like that's yeah. very, that's the, that's, you know, excuse me, maybe more of a, an accurate uh, comparison, that film. But I really like that film and, and, you know. Which one? Close Encounters? Close Encounters. I still, I can stand by that one. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking yeah. maybe, I sound like Mark Rylance. Yeah. Yeah. That is probably my favorite Steven Spielberg film. Yeah, <laughs> he's like the librarian in the hilarious house of Frankenstein. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, where was I? What was I talking about? <laughs> oh, this book is very. I'm just gonna take a quick look at his filmography here, Steven Spielberg, and yeah, see where 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 his gems are. Anything modern? I don't know. Maybe just War of the Worlds. That was not bad. What? That was terrible. I don't know. Let's see. Starting with the newest West Side Story. Oh, he's doing West Side Story. He's when doing you're the a re- jet. You're a jet all the way. Hey. Like, okay. I love musicals. <laughs> yeah. But you don't need to remake that one. Like, you just don't. Don't remake Grease. Don't remake any of them. It's electrifying. It's like, can you imagine? Yeah, it'll be Christopher Walken. It's electrifying. It's electrifying. <laughs> So they sound, sound the same, John Travolta. <laughs> Go grease lightning because you get a lot of tit. <laughs> um, he did. <laughs> Hopelessly devoted Up to, to you. you. <laughs> oh, you're the you're the one that I want. <laughs> You're the one I want. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Beauty school dropout. No graduation day for you. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, don't remake West Side Story. You don't need to. The first movie was great as Natalie Wood. It's like... (sighs) When you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. So he did The Post. Yep, I haven't and seen that. I just recently watched it, and yeah. I really liked it. Okay. I really liked it. All right, that's what I'll have to watch. Uh, BFG, Fucking. I didn't like, but yeah. I love the book. The book was great. Yeah, it's Roll Doll. And I mean, you got to read that. I read that to my daughter when she was small, and I I, I loved it. I kept the voice. this book up my ass <laughs> for five years. 
Yeah. The, <laughs> the paper cuts were terrible. They just never healed. Uh, but, you know, I I love doing the voice of the B, BFG. And I gave him kind of a Michael Caine, you know. Cockney. You know, accent. even I even slowed it down because he's a giant. And, of course, he's, you know, yeah. whatever. But yeah. when I saw the movie, I was like, wow, mine was so much better. <laughs> Mark Rylance. You know? Fuck him. Uh, Bridge of Spies. I started. I didn't. I yeah. I, I want to see it. I, I I got about a half hour into it. And yeah, uh, Lincoln was just okay. War Horse. I didn't see that. Yep. The Adventures of Tintin. I really that was liked good. that. That was a yeah, great that movie. Was good. Yep. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You know, Indiana Jones is great. Like he it is, is. It in is, is in his uh, in his fridge in uh, Ground Zero. But the problem, if if we if we Applied a point system to uh, Steven Spielberg. You know, War of the Worlds to me was absolutely dreadful. Hmm, and Tom, and my biggest problem was Tom Cruise. Yeah. It wouldn't have been as bad a movie if they'd cast somebody different. But he was like so shiny. He was supposed to be like a, a working class hero. Yeah. You know, I'm the, I'm, but I'm Bruce Springsteen. I'm in, I'm Billy Joel in Allentown. Like that's who he is. And then he's like this. He's got, everything is new. All of his clothes are new. <laughs> And he's like, oh, look, it's a multimillionaire on the screen pretending to be the average working stiff. It's like Donald Trump saying, I'm like the common people. The only time I really got pulled out of the film was the thing comes up out of the ground. Everyone's gathered around watching it. And all of a sudden it starts roasting people. So they all run away and Tom Cruise is running. And there's guys all around him going, foom, 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 foom. They're all disappearing as he's running. And he's still running. Foom. People just getting whacked. And it, he runs through a whole line, just leaving vapors behind him. Everyone else getting whacked. That's right. And the aliens are like, you know, I've heard that about this planet that millionaires can't get zapped. <laughs> you know? I, I thought it I, was a little bit more, even more than George Powell's version, was more faithful to the uh, story. Yeah, maybe. Right. But they did basically, like, there was, uh, after, after it was published in England, yep. the War of the Worlds was ripped off by um, a New York paper and a Boston yep. paper. And they set it in the States. Right. So it's almost like it was a movie based on the ripoff of the book. Right. You know, right. so truer to the form of the ripoff of the book at the, you well, know, the same year. Just even. put Tom Cruise in and give him an uh, English accent. Yeah. Hello. Hey, blimey, blimey, blimey. This is my, I'm going to take this car. <laughs> See you later. Cheerio, old chap. Drive off in the car. Thank you, governor. Uh, yeah, and his DeLorean. These aliens just a little bit spacey. <laughs> just a little a bit spacey. A little bit lasery. A little bit fire, fire in this, fire on the sky. The I will say that better than Ready Player One, and I can't believe I'm saying this. Yep. The trailer for the new Mission Impossible film oh, actually yeah. looked really good. Yeah, it was kind of a it's kind of a cryptic trailer. But a I just like the look, and there was clips of a fight scene, and the fight scene looked like just really well shot, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and they also saw the it has uh, Henry Cavill in it. Yeah, and that fight scene is pretty. You know, it looks really good. It was really convincing. Yeah, well, I always enjoy those Mission Impossible. Oh, fil- see, I films. I sort of liked the first one, and I hated all the other ones. Did you see the one where he's climbing up the Burj Dubai? The you know in the the United Arab Emirates, he's going up the side of the building. No, I don't remember. Is that the one where you, is that the one with the plane scene? The one that they, that, no. that stunt? That was the last That's one. That's the one right? before it. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I didn't see the last one then. That's good. Um, But I'm over Tom Cruise. Like, I really just. I, well, what's funny He's one is, of the guys, it's like De Niro. I liked De Niro so much for so long, but now he's a caricature of himself. Like, I know we, at some point in the future, we're going to do a, um, 
probably an episode on the Universal Monsters. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. So what I did was I watched The Mummy with Tom Cruise, and I really enjoyed it. Did you? It was good. Hmm. It was very good. Um, Cruise is Cruise. I, I, you know, I don't have a, I don't, he doesn't hang me up so much. I just, if it's a Tom Cruise film, I know it's Tom Cruise. They should have cast Terry Cruise. <laughs> that would have been so much better. Because he's so fucking likable. Penelope Cruise. Can you imagine movie. Terry Cruz and The Rock together in a buddy film? It would just be like likable central. It's like, oh my God, I like everybody so much. This is so good. It was good. Um, uh, What's his face? The gladiator, Russell Crowe. Yeah, he's uh, Henry Jekyll. Uh, the girl is the uh, Sophia something or other. She was the alien girl in Star Trek Beyond, who I really she was right, the best yeah. thing oh, in yeah, that she's, film, right? She, she was in the Kingsman. She she's in the Kingsman. She is yeah. great. Like mm-hmm. she's just one of those people that just the camera just loves her, right? And yeah. she's got so much going on. Like she's playing this ancient evil Egyptian queen who's made a deal with Set to, like, bring him back to life, to put him in a body, and it's going to end up trying to be Tom Cruise. So if you're going to go into a body, you know, who's all, others, whose body is Set going to, you know, invade as, but Tom Cruise? Sure. But she is so great on camera. She's got stuff. You see her eyes, and it's just the wheels are turning. It's a good story. It's but, exciting. It's got some great set pieces. You know? do you th- but it it was such a failure that is that going to kill the was, future of the monster well, movies? Well, I was doing like, chain? doing research, and the next one was supposed to be Bride of Frankenstein, and they're doing a really weird trajectory what they were planning for this dark universe. It, it's interesting. That would be an interesting remake, but it's been put on hold. The whole thing is like, you know, it did terribly. It was like what one hundred forty million dollars to make. It did about sixty million or seventy million domestically, but of course worldwide because of Tom Cruise, it mm-hmm. made. 400 and some million dollars so it's broken you know it's at least broken even with the advertising and stuff but just i guess domestically it was a yeah, big it's pretty bad so but i think your spielberg thing you know all the good he's done may have been killed by the terminal did you ever see that <laughs> that was that was the absolute that's a <laughs> film a that needs to be incinerated <laughs> the tom hanks probably wants it to be incinerated <laughs> yeah oh i'm yeah you know, Doing but, his his uh, Ukrainian accent oh, or whatever. So bad, so <laughs> bad. Catch me if you can is Spielberg, and that's I, yeah, I, I didn't really like that. I love that movie. It did, yeah. What about Minority Report? Minority Report's great. And then AI it's a great film going back in time. AI, I wasn't a fan of. Saving Private Ryan. Good. Uh, Amistad. That was good. good. Yep, that was good. The Jurassic Park movies. The first one. Schindler's List, which I had never seen. I've never really? Seen. You should see that. I was too busy making out. It's <laughs> it my, my Seinfeld reference. <laughs> That's uh, Schindler's List. <laughs> Do you remember that episode? Yeah. Uh, Hook. Hook. Hook was, was good. Terrible. Oh no, it's good it's for what it is. Terrible film. How about, I never, always, I don't know what that is. Always is John Goodman and um, Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus is a guy flying the planes that go over forest fires. Right. And he crashes and dies. And then he's, I guess Holly Hunter was his girl. And he's like, he's haunting her. Yeah. See, like, not leaving. Empire of the Sun. Oh my God. That's such a weird film. Color Christian Pur- Bale. Young, super young Christian Bale. Color it. Purple. It's a great yeah. movie. Yeah. What have you done for me lately? Twilight's on the movie. This segment was the worst. He was kick the, kick the can. He did the Scatman crime. Yeah, I like that one. E.T. Raiders, 1941. I like that movie, even it's though it was lot. probably the worst film that that cast ever did. 
And that's saying a lot when you look at Neighbors, which I just happen to like. Neighbors is good. I like Neighbors. John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Close Encounters, Jaws, Sugarland Express, Savage, I've never heard of, Something Evil, Duel. Yeah. Oh, he did an episode of Columbo. Yeah, he did some TV stuff. Night he Gallery. Did, did Night Gallery. Yeah, he did the Wilbur. pilot for Night Gallery, one of the segments in it. But anyway, he's done some pretty amazing films. But sometimes it's like, you know, Al Pacino is a caricature of himself and maybe Spielberg has become, you yeah. know. Well, you've got stuff now like like we were talking about downsizing by Alexander Payne. You and I were talking about Duncan Jones, uh, mm-hmm. David Bowie's son, making some great films. Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, yeah. James Gunn doing yeah. uh, Guardians and other stuff. You have great, you have people that all learn from him. Yeah. But it's like... I'm glad we're to this point now where people aren't learning from Steven Spielberg. No, but they were inspired, I guess, in the beginning. You know. And then they all grew in all these different amazing directions, right? Some, you know, you have the, like Spielberg belongs in the in the pantheon of great directors. Yeah. Uh, up there with, like, with Hitchcock. I'd call him a great director, but he's definitely not my favorite anymore. No, well, now he makes shitty movies, <laughs> you know? And Ready Player One, like, is not, it's not uh, the terminal, but, you know, which was terminal. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the first to make that joke. I'm sure that was made on every headline on every, every crit- review. Every critic. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was just kind of like, uh, oh, here's some more nostalgia. Yeah. Here's some more. Uh, oh, yeah. So he's getting ready to go on his date with Artemis. Yep. And it's like, should I go like Duran Duran? Should yeah. I go like Prince? Yeah. Should I go like, the, oh, I'm going to go for this. He was like, really? Buckaroo Banzai? Really? And he's like, who the fuck would know that shit? And it's just so like, and she knows it's Buckaroo Banzai, <laughs> even though his avatar doesn't look like Buckaroo Banzai. All it is is a suit with a tie kind of yeah, skew. And it could have been less than zero for, you know, <laughs> anything Robert from, Downey yeah, Jr. exactly. It's yeah. like, you're going as Robert Downey Jr. and less than zero. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Where's my, your Coke? That's my next year's Halloween coat. Do a bump. But it's sort of like, it was just kind of like, oh, it was the scene where in an 80s frolic film where the girl's trying in all the outfits and the friend's like, no, no, oh, no, don't do that. Oh, no. But it wasn't done in a yeah, well, whimsical H, well, H is just saying, John Hughes way. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he's taking fashion he's advice. He's not making pithy comments on it. That's right. He's taking fashion advice from a, you know, a, a butchy lesbian <laughs> <laughs> you know, who wears dungarees and a bomber jacket all and every day of her life. And a flat cap. Yeah, with pins of, of famous 80s video games and, and yeah, cause that's what board the kids, games. That's what the kids are into. So that's all the kids are into. <laughs> you know? You know what else was really weird? <laughs> was just in the Oasis, right? I don't know. I guess it's like this main courtyard or whatever and it's got all these portals and they're all people are going to go in the portals and they go off to the games they want to play what's happening is everyone's standing in a nice line all queued up everyone's queued up and i guess when one person goes through the shuttle the next person behind just moves forward a little bit and goes to because that's really the way people play online games they don't just all fucking rush to the portal every which way and just try to get in as quick as, as you can yeah. no they're just going to wait in nice lineups like why not replicate the most boring part of your existence <laughs> in real life queuing 
Yeah. And just put that in a fucking <laughs> video game where everyone... Like, wouldn't you, have you ever been to Mindplex where that's the same kind of thing? I kind of feel that maybe they were taking off of that. It's Minecraft where you... It's all... It's online, though, so you play a bunch of, uh, you know, multiplayer games based in the Minecraft world. And there's portals you go up to, and all everybody ever does is once they spawn into the game, they just run right to the fucking portal, and everybody jumps in. Because the portal's there's designed, no manu- you can all go at the same time. Yeah. There's no manufactured scarcity where everybody waits in a queue. <laughs> yeah. That's... Oh you my know. God, I came in two hours early because <laughs> I knew the lineup was going to be probably really long. It's not fucking Star Wars in 77, you know? Like well, It kind of reminded me of, uh, I know you, you're not a video gamer, but when I had the PS3, uh, Sony had this fucking brilliant idea where they're going to make a, a online virtual community where everybody would go, right? And the funniest thing is, you go into this world, which is very much like Ready Player One, except it's not VR. You're just looking at your TV screen, and there's this world where you can play stuff. So you go to a bowling alley, and they had like about six lanes, and that's literally what you had to do. You had to go up, and if people were playing, you had to stand there and wait. It was manufactured scarcity, and it would drive me fucking crazy. I'm like, why am I waiting in fucking line to play a game in a video game? Yeah. And home. Shouldn't there just be an endless series yeah, of lanes? Yeah, if you like want to infinity, if you want to represent it, just go to the world's largest bowling alley and find a lane. But it was fucking stupid, and home crashed badly for Sony. They kept it running for a couple of years and then turned it off because it was fucking useless. That's ridiculous. And that's what they do. In like Ready even if Player they One. visually show you only twelve lanes, yeah, but you just don't have to see every single person who's actually playing the game. Yeah, and that's what you do. There's people sitting in the the little chairs for the you know in the bowling alley, and people would bowl, and there's four people going to play at once. You'd have to stand there and wait. And as soon as someone we disappeared, you had to get in there right quick, or you'd be waiting again to somebody else to get in there, and you'd be fucking waiting to bowl. <laughs> Fuck, <laughs> waiting to bowl. That's my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> and they will, I'll be holding a hash pipe so people won't know what I'm talking about. A little bit of double entendre there. I don't know. Are we That's good right. for Ready Player Watching One? Watching a football game. I call it meh. You know, I'd probably give it probably give it three out of five. I'm leaning towards two, but I mean, it was kind of neat to see the, the licensing what they had, must have had to do to get all the licensing, I can fucking just kind of sit in awe and like, holy shit. Well, you know, I thought about the licensing, and I bet you, yeah. I think the licensing was easier to get than you might think. Because in this particular case, all of the things mentioned in this and all of the, the websites that are going to list off all of the Easter eggs is going to bring new life to all those things. Yeah. And people are going to turn to them. And the next thing you know, maybe that's why the future... Maybe that's why the future is this way, because they saw this movie, then they investigated, they fell in love with Battletoad, and the next thing you know, 40 years from now, it's like everybody's going to walk around with Battletoad t-shirts. <laughs> you know, what's funny is, um, you know, I've always said in the in previous episodes, you know, one of the most amazing things about living in this world, and like you and I are kind of our content creators, we're doing stuff on YouTube. I actually saw today that somebody shot up uh, the YouTube offices Someone went in with a gun in the YouTube offices in California and started shooting the place up. I thought they said D tube, and I was sure, like, oh fuck, Chad finally snapped. <laughs> fuck D tube. I'm over D tube. <laughs> but uh, what, tube, what's D. interesting in me running the Dot Eaters, uh, where I'm a purveyor of IP of classic video games, right? It's really interesting how copyright has changed, right? It used to be that any little bit of of uh, appropriation of IP like 
Mickey Mouse giving the finger, you know, those that famous T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Any little bit of someone selling that, the lawyers say, you got to come down on these guys. Any little bit of appropriation, you have to come down like a load of bricks because if you don't, if you let one of them go, one of these uh, copyright issues go by, you might as well just throw open the doors for everything because, you know, they're lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> if they get to fight all these lawsuits, they get paid, right? So what's really interesting in this day and age is people have slowly, it took a long time, a a space of about seven or eight years where companies finally realized it's great to have all these people appropriating and presenting our IP because it's priceless advertising like Minecraft, biggest video game ever, right? Probably most successful video game ever. And how did it get that way? People playing it online, make recording a video of it and posting it on YouTube. And people see the game, and it's just it's priceless. You couldn't put it's free advertising. You couldn't put a price tag on the amount of free advertising people get from Twitch and YouTube. And it's funny thinking about Ready Player One, like you said. Probably maybe it's it's not so hard to get licensing like that these days because people do see it as free advertising. Yeah. Right? Like, well, look, we're gonna take your forgotten video game character, and we're gonna put it in a Steven Spielberg film. <laughs> What do you think of that? Yeah, but even, you know, you the know? bigger ones, right? The bigger IP, like Blizzard licensing Tracer out from Overwatch, right? Like, it's well, just... I think video, new video games, though, unlike uh, intellectual properties in film, like in Disney properties, I think video games have been more forward-thinking Yeah, longer than everybody else. Yeah, well, that's what I say. Like, it just became obvious. Minecraft and any game, uh, Call of Duty, people playing, twitching, you know, Call of Duty showing their videos, gameplay videos, like Let's Plays. Well, in right? Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare, it, there's a thing that comes across the screen saying, record everything. <laughs> it says you're free, free to record anything you want. Yeah. It tells you that at yeah. the beginning. And it's like, well, that's a real indication of the the free advertising that they want. Yeah. yeah. You know? So like you say, it's probably maybe this day that it's changed so much copyright that it's not so hard to, like it probably was for Roger Rabbit. That's right. Like all the fan videos that people have been doing about nerd stalking and their likenesses and the paper mache characters oh that they God. make. Yeah. Keep it, sen- they keep sending them in. I know, but it's cool. Like My closet's filled with all this stuff. You know, it got too expensive going through the lawyers. Now we just kind of accept that this is just what we got to deal with, right? Yeah. It's the future. Yeah. All those uh, Chad Gendron toupees. <laughs> Yeah. So you give it a three out of five? Yeah. See, I wouldn't go two any two higher three. than six out of ten. I don't even think I'm going to give it that high. I think that it was, there was no movie. It was like two hours and 20 minutes of stuff. Yeah, like look, put aside all like the nostalgia. Put all aside the nostalgia. Look at the film. What are you left with? It's terrible. There's nothing. <laughs> There's nothing there. There is literally nothing there. This goofy treasure hunt. It's like a mad, 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 mad world virtually. Yeah. It was, I'll give it a full four. I'm going to give it a four to four ten. Four to ten. Yeah. I think that's as high as I could go. I'll never watch it again. There's no need. There's nothing interesting. And even though it had RoboCop in it, which is really cool, I love. Yeah, but it doesn't have RoboCop arresting anybody. No, he's not doesn't doing anything. It doesn't have Robo- RoboCop saying, come with me or there'll be trouble. Yeah. Right? The old, the, the old, there's only a few points where, like you said, where Artemis, you know, makes fun of the alien chestburster where the IP is used in the way it's fully explored. You know, it's a clip. It's going to be a quick little clip, but it's explored fully to, to that extent, right? Yeah. 
It's made fun of a little bit. It's used to tell a joke and that it's used. It's a tool that tells some part of the film, but so much of it is just there's Robocop standing there. He's driving around in the DeLorean. Yeah. Like they didn't make a, <laughs> with, with the robot you know? at the archive, they didn't make a, a Jarvis joke. You know, they didn't just call him Jarvis so that the people who knew, knew. Right. Like that's actually, there's some thought put into that. Right. Or even you see a fight where, you know, the big fight at the end, like you said, you see the battle toads and you see uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? An interesting thing would be they're fighting and there they were two competing, you know, the battle toads were a ripoff of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But in this film, they're back to back and they're fighting and Michelangelo or whoever, whoever one's got the daggers is using the daggers and the one guy's got the nunchucks yeah. and whatever the hell the battle toads used and they're fighting together. Yeah, none of it is done. Frogger, you throw a frogger into the mix, so that there's like there's there's something. Yeah. You got to jump onto a log and then onto a lily pad, and then yeah, or the and the mutant ninja turtles are having to do that with Battletoad jumping on logs. Yeah, or something. Just take it and stretch it out and and use. You've given permission to use the IP. Use it in a appropriate, fun manner. Show that you understand what it is, mm. as opposed to somebody in your earpiece <laughs> saying. Uh, yeah, Battletoad, that's Battletoad, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the Galaxian uh, rocket ship right there, and uh, you know. Exactly. It's like the old rich white guy who wants to talk to the youth. Yeah. It's like in, in, in Nixon with uh, Anthony Hopkins where it shows, and I, I use the movie as the example and not the real life Nixon because I'm not convinced that w- that happened in the way that they said it happened. Yeah. But he apparently went to the Washington Monument in... No, not Washington. The Lincoln Memorial yep. in Washington. Abe, what happened? Yeah. What happened to him? But then he goes and he talks to the hippies. Oh, hey, 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 hey young people. Uh, hey, young people, are you smoking a bowl? Yeah. <laughs> Can you pass that duchy on the left-hand side? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good shit. Early days of musical youth when, <laughs> when Richard Nixon was a member. Before he left, joined Menudo. <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's that kind of thing. It's, it's, you're just the suit. Yeah. You know, I remember hearing Neil Young say about uh, Woodstock yep. saying how he imagined that, you know, he, he says music was amazing. The scene was amazing. All the creative creativity was amazing. Like there was all these, you know, the, the world was exploding in yep. this incredible moment in time. Yeah. And he says, you know, Where all the boundaries dropped away and things seem possible, like literally. And some of the greatest music was created in a movement. And he's, he was like, and I'm sure that some executives were flying over Woodstock in a helicopter and went, you know, I think we should capitalize on this. <laughs> and everything changed immediately, like overnight. Yeah. And it's kind of like, ugh, this is just like, yeah. ugh. I'm always one to say, like, I don't believe in the idea of cultural appropriation, right? Like, I think people that complain about that, they want to have borders st- stay up. I call them accidental racists, even mm-hmm. though it's maybe not all that accidental. But they want to keep the borders up, you know? The, the white people can't, uh, you know, comment on Asian culture and, you know, all this, you know, cultural appropriation. I think it's kind of a bullshit term. I think the police are coming for you. Oh, shit. It's the guys... It's the IOI guys. That's right. I owe too much money. I'm going to end up in a booth. It's the thought police. <laughs> I'm going to end up in a little white booth doing, I don't know what the fuck they were doing. I don't even get me into that. I don't understand any of that. Like what they were doing, like what are they trying to find? They're planting bombs. Like I don't understand. Okay. Don't get me into that. I'm wrapping up here, Chad. I'm wrapping up here. But, uh, 
in stay this, tuned for part three. I can kind of get a better perspective on it now because I just feel like Spielberg just fucking raped my childhood for this. Like he totally appropriated all the stuff I loved in my youth. And he didn't learn from Lucas. A callous, in a callous way. Like There's no joy in it. He didn't learn from George Lucas. He didn't see what the response was to what George Lucas did to our Star Wars love. Right. And he's just like, oh, they're not going to see this coming. It's not going to be the same. <laughs> I'm Steven Spielberg. I'm not George Lucas. Because it was like, there's not a thought put into it. Like, Lucas at least, I guess, put thought into yeah. ruining Terrible, Star Wars. Stupid thoughts. But but Spielberg's like, look, it's shiny. Here's yeah. the shiny thing. Look yeah. at the shiny thing. And everybody's like, oh, look at the shiny thing. Oh, my God. Okay, so anyway, we're not, not ready, not ready for Ready Player One. So uh, if you've got an opinion, if you uh, want to set us straight, you can um, uh, reach us through nerdstalking.com. That's our website, and uh, from there you can go to a library of all our previous episodes. You can um, uh, see our YouTube videos that we're making. Uh, Subscribe, and you'll 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 get notification, that, especially yeah, the, the Ready Player One video that's coming. Right, you'll you'll see it. Definitely uh, like and subscribe on any platform that you're uh, listening to this podcast on. So I guess that does it for Ready Player One. I say game over. Nutty night, Chucky. (laughs) 